Welcome to Inspire, the Angel Flores podcast, where you'll be inspired, equipped, and entertained. All right, cool. Johnny, thank you for being here with us. Excited to have you here. Excited to have you at the church tomorrow. Let's start out with, uh, let's hear a little bit of your story. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Okay. That kind of, where were you born? That kind of thing. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Angel, for inviting me over. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you that time, the last time we came uh, over to your uh, dad's church. And, and then that experience that we had in Mexico, Mexico that's yeah. when I guess it all started about this conversation, right? Yep. Um, you, you know, uh, my name's Johnny Arriola. Uh, I'm from Uvalde, Texas. I'm sure everybody knows where Uvalde, Texas is now. They do now, especially yeah. Yeah, with the shooting. Um, we're about a block away from what all happened. Wow. But uh, I guess we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll talk about that, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, born and raised in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, is there a hospital in Uvalde? Yes. So yes. you were born at Uvalde? Yeah. Uvalde is maybe, uh, right now, maybe 18,000 people. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Good sized town. Good sized town. Is there yeah. a McDonald's? We got a McDonald's. We got a Walmart. We got a, yeah, we got a Starbucks. We, oh, yeah. You guys are big time. <laughs> so yeah. we're big time already. <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, um, I'm, I come from uh, a family of uh, six, seven kids, uh, okay. one girl, six boys. Oh wow! Uh, my dad, dad had a lot was of a, testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have TV back then. <laughs> That's what it's all, I'll say, right? But yeah, um, uh, born and raised, and I know that when the since I was born, since I was a kid, I, I as long as I can remember, uh, music was my my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Uvalde, uh, for those of you that are that don't know, it's in West Texas, right? Half hour from the border, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like Southwest Texas. Uh, it's in the southern part of Texas. Okay. Uh, not necessarily southern, like like south, like like the valley, the valley, right? McAllen, it's kind of uh, west of San Antonio, like eighty miles uh, west of San Antonio. Okay, how yeah. far from the border? From the border, we're maybe like an hour from Piedras oh, Negras. Okay, cool. Forty five minutes. All right, forty five minutes. So growing up, you were into music. We're into music. Uh, uh, Would you listen to? Well, uh, all kinds of music because we grew up in the. Uh, well, I grew up in when I was a kid. It was in the seventies, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm fifty four years old. Okay, uh, I born sixty eight. Uh, in the seventies, I remember when I was a kid, there was a skating rink there in Uvalde. Mm. Where, you know, back in the day, it was popular. You go to the skating disco. rink, uh, disco music playing, the Bee Gees and stuff like that. I was a kid, maybe six, seven years old. Cool. Uh, yeah. I learned how to skate there, uh, roller skate. Right. right yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, uh, shortly after that, I just started becoming like in music. My dad was a musician before. I guess before he was married, he had his band and locally, okay. not professionally. What was but, the name of the band? Uh, it was Juan Arriola. He's, I'm, I'm junior. He's senior. Juan Arriola and his conjunto. Okay. Uh, kind of what your dad and your uncles used to, Evolved that kind of music, yeah. conjunto music. Um, and conjunto I remember, is accordion. Accordion. How would you define it? Let me ask you that. Conjunto, it's uh, it's made up of four uh, instruments, which is drums, bass, uh, bajo sexto, where they call it. It's a different kind of a guitar. Okay. It's similar to a guitar, but it's more for that style of music. It's almost instrument. like a guitar and a bass had a baby. Yeah, right? it's exactly. Like yeah, kind of. Yeah, because it's kind of tuned the same. Musicians that are listening, you know, it's it's uh it's similar in the tuning. Okay, but when you play, it's a rhythm. Uh, it's a it's not a bass. It's a rhythm. Uh, okay. uh, guitar mm. made in uh, I guess Mexico. All right, um, and it's the four uh, the four instruments: accordion, of course, the main the main uh-huh. uh, instrument, That's the for, leading instrument, the leading, right? okay. leading instrument for for, for uh, conjunto music. And we grew up listening to it. And my dad. He didn't have a band, you know, but uh, uh, he would come home from work because he's a he became a truck driver. He was a uh-huh. truck driver since as long as I can remember, uh, and come home and 
grab his guitar and just started singing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just, I guess, uh, just singing songs he could remember and stuff like that. And, and like I, re- remembering back yeah, in the day. Yeah. 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 And I remember, so those that are listening, uh, we have people from all over the country that'll listen. Okay. Some of them might've never heard Conjunto music. So yeah. it's kind of like Polish polka. Yeah, it's, I know. It, it I know. Flaco Jimenez make it made it real popular. You kind of people yeah. remember. Uh, hey, baby, qué pasó? That right. that's conjunto music right there. Yeah, he just sang in English. Yeah, yeah. and he just sang it in English. So mm-hmm. the instrumentation that's conjunto. Flaco okay. Jimenez. He was one of the uh, uh, Texas Tornadoes. Uh, mm-hmm. People that remember the Texas yes. Tornadoes because I know some people they became pretty famous. Yes, uh, not only in our culture but in yeah nationwide. In nationwide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, they but, were. Flaco Jimenez was worldwide. I mean, people, it was worldwide, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen a lot of stuff. Japan, uh, people from Japan, you know, that he influenced uh, musicians from Japan. Playing. from Yeah, and uh, from uh, Holland. Uh, What's those guys' names? Uh, I can't remember. This guy from, uh, you know, the, the, the Netherlands, right? He, I'll put it in the show notes, yeah, that uh, video of those he's guys. He's from, from the Netherlands, and he kind of mimics Flaco, Flaco to the T, yeah. man. And he sings Spanish and everything. He's... Every conjunto fest that happens in Texas, he's down there. He's there. I'm sure the people love him. He, he's real popular. And uh, I saw some videos where he's a kid and he's his parents have the music playing. And he's a kid and he's just walking, like kind of trying to walk. And he's already listening to the music. So he. So his parents were into it. Yeah, yeah they had a lot to do with it. But yeah, conjunto music. It's, so your dad's playing it. My dad's playing and he's just singing songs. And uh, I, I remember us, we were just kind of, we were playing or whatever. Because we lived in a in a uh, small uh trailer home okay. and I remember that we'd be playing around or whatever and I started listening to the music my dad was playing so I would just kneel down in front and just listen to him wow. watch him play mm-hmm. and I remember to the day I can remember right now that you know I would watch him and I'm like I want to do that one day mm. I want to do I want to sing like him how old were you, you uh, maybe six years old okay. seven years old and you were the oldest I'm the oldest and uh, the four older because we're six boys the four older boys were a year apart Oh, wow. Yeah, it's me. And then it was my brother. I had a brother that passed away uh, back in 2001. Mm-hmm. He's an original drummer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the singer now to the band, which is a lead singer, which, mind you, they're still playing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the third oldest. Uh, and then my brother, George, on bass, he's, uh, you could say, the youngest in the a original year, so band. So they were having a, a Yeah, a year and two every... months exactly. I don't know how, how they did it, but I'm from February 68. My brother was April 69. The other one was June 70. And then April, uh, August, you're not kidding about the TV thing, man. Yeah, <laughs> that hobby. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, if, if people can relate right to us, you know, the, our age, you know, uh, we were the remotes. Yeah, exactly. Hey, change the channel. Oh, <laughs> man. Laying in front of the TV so you don't have to get up so far. Exactly, <laughs> just right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the fondest memories, right, yes, that we have yes. growing up. Three man. channels. Yeah, <laughs> three channels, and then so they had a little dial thing where you kind of the frequency would kind of go right. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember make, that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those are fun days, you know. I, I now, you know, at our age, you know, at my, I say my age, you know, we we look back and we're like, wow, those simple things. But the, you know, that was really what what, right. what the the good memories, you know, that, sure, that yeah. stayed with you for a long time and forever, you know, because uh, as you grow, you know, uh, me, I remember growing in the uh, loving music. So my dad, I one day I was eight years old and I told my dad, I want to learn how to play guitar. You want me to teach you? Yeah. So he taught me a couple of chords and I picked it up real quick. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, one time his, because some of his friends would come down, he would make a fire outside, like a bonfire. They would get all together and, and sing songs or whatever. One time I remember that my dad, 
wasn't home yet and he had invited some of his friends, compadres and stuff. Uh-huh. So they come down, hey, uh, is your dad here? He's not here yet. Okay, well, well, he told me he's teaching you guitar. Bring the guitar. So I go out there. I'm a little kid. I'm eight, nine years old and I'm playing the guitar and all these guys singing with me. They're singing. Oh, sing, wow, they're singing. Cool. I'm kind of like playing with them. What, what little I could, right? Yeah. But I remember, remember that Coco, moment. that little boy just yeah. out there. Coco, the movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh-huh. And then at the same time, uh, it, it's funny how at the same time, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of like go to the the, the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my 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 aunt, my aunt, I have an aunt that she's still with us. She's uh, getting closer to 90. But during that time, I remember that she also said, hey, you know, you're learning how to play guitar, right? I said, yeah. Would you want to come? Because us hermanas, we get together, sisters, and we go to, uh, we meet at someone's house and and uh, we kind of do Bible study. And wow. we need somebody to come with a guitar to, to, to kind of help us sing and stuff. Mm. And that's where I started singing, learning some cantos. But I, I didn't know that that, was, that would be my my destiny, Where right? Eventually, like, the yeah. Future, right? So corri- those old corritos. Corri- old corritos and stuff, yeah. yeah. And I just playing and playing and they're singing and singing. And I'm at, at the same time, well, I'm learning them, right? Right, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, I know God has a way of kind of making things work, you know, yes. like for his, for his yeah, glory. Plan, for his, that's his plan. And uh, I remember uh, I learned how to play the guitar. And then we had a, uh, like an organ keyboard kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, in, at the house. And my dad would play with it because it, it had kind of like a, on this hand, you could do some buttons and it would be like your guitar and accompaniment, mm-hmm. you know. And you could play the songs here, and he would kind of do that. And I, I remember I was like nine years old, and me just watching. You know, I never told him to teach me, and I just watched. And when he left, I just when he wasn't home, I would turn it on and mess with it. Hmm. And then, but before you knew it, my mom was telling my dad, "Hey, uh, whatever you playing, Johnny plays it." I said, "You're kidding me." He said, "Oh yeah, he plays it." And well, come play it. And I, I would always be like embarrassed. Nah, no, dad, I don't know how to play. I don't know how mm. to play. Kind of like, you know, intimidated. I don't right, know what it yeah. was like as a thing, right? But uh, one time, and then uh, my brother James was the one that kind of stepped up and he said, hey, well, let, let's sing let's sing together. Let's learn some songs. And also the first song that we ever learned was uh, Un Dia La Vez. Okay. One Day at a Time. That's a time, one song yeah. that uh, pretty Great much everybody song, knows, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell everybody, even before I came to music, you know, in the beginning of, very first song that we ever learned was the Alaves. Mm. And um, so your, your family were not churchgoers, not Christians. No. And we were, your we, aunt were raised, was. we were raised Catholic, you know, okay. was your aunt Catholic or was yes. she? Okay. Yes. So she would get together with the Catholic. Babies get, yeah. Get, get together and do, do the Bible whatever, study, Bible study mm-hmm. stuff. And but I, you guys were not church people. No Christmas and Easter either. Not even e- that. either, either. Okay. We kind of like the only time we went to, uh, cause I, uh, but you were Catholic, what you call that the national yeah. religion. Of exactly. Yeah. We yeah. grew up like that. Cause we, Grew up to, uh, hey, you need to do your first communion. So we went and did our first communion. I got a, a padrino, I don't know what you call it. A white just, suit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's how I remember that I was baptized when I was two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? And well, now that I understand, I'm, you know, it, it, it's different. Right. But, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, I, I started playing and then, and then I would tell my, uh, my dad, uh, I want to, uh, I want to play the keyboard. James came in the picture, like I said. My brother James, he's two years younger than me. And he said, let's start learning some songs. So he started singing and I would kind of harmonize with him. And uh, we started playing, you know, mm. songs with the with that keyboard thing. And uh, my mom my mom would listen because she would be cooking in the kitchen, right. or whatever. Yeah. She would listen, whatever. But once my dad was home, 
put everything up and just, mm-hmm. you know. And at one time, I, he, my dad would say, come on, sing. I mean, I want to hear you. My, your mom says that you sing and you all play and whatever. No, we don't. You know, it's kind of like, you know. How old were you at this time? I was uh, I was nine and my brother was seven. Okay. And uh, I remember that he, I guess they got together and kind of uh, uh, did a plan something to where my dad was like, okay, uh, I'll be back later. So he took off. And we would always wait for that moment when he left. So he left. And uh, he had told my mom, I'm going to like, like left, drive the car and drive it to the back and then come in and surprise him. Yeah. And that's what he did. And wow. when he heard it, he was like freaking out because in, at that moment he told us, man, I, I'm, because we have older cousins and older, uh, uh, my, my dad has older siblings. So mm-hmm. we have older cousins. And he said, he's the only musician in the family. So he would kind of want to teach my, the older cousins and stuff. Mm-hmm. They would never, they could never learn. He mm-hmm. said, wow, he's just fascinated because he was like, Y'all learned this by yourself. What kind? What kind of like he taught me in the beginning the the, the basics, you know, on the mm-hmm. guitar, and I, I took it from there, right? And he was freaking out because I said, "Man, I I, I would I would get tired of teaching so and so, and they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it." My mom said, "These are these are your sons. You know, they come from you. You know, right, this is, yeah. you know." Do you think there's something to that? There's a genetic part of that, or do you think it's I mean, I think it's a hit and miss, I guess, because, uh, uh, you know, I have, uh, cause you're all, your brothers are musically inclined. All my right? brothers are musician inclined. Everybody, all the, everybody sings, everybody yeah. plays. And there's plenty of people that cannot, I mean, I, I, I can't, when I watch American Idol, I think they all sound awesome. You really? Know what I mean, like, I don't get it. Really? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Well, because, you know, and, and, and I'm going to put this out there also, you know, I was married, uh, before I met my, my actual wife now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have two older kids. My mm-hmm. my oldest daughter, she's already thirty. My son's twenty three. Okay, and none of them musically inclined. They don't have any of that. Huh? My Just daughter, here on the other hand, my sixteen year old, she can sing and she can play accordion. So she can play keyboards, guitar. She can do anything. It's like a language that yeah. you either get it or you don't. Yeah, I mean I, that's what I said. His hit and miss, right? Because yeah. uh, I I've seen parents that have like my brothers. You know, all my brothers, none of them have kids that that play that or, pursued it or, or wanted mm-hmm. to do anything with music you know um uh, and so i to answer the question i think it's yeah there's it's, you, it's interesting you never know it's, in, uh-huh. it's an interesting question so your dad it, heard you guys playing he, he heard and he was freaking out and that's when he told me he said not about you know he would the teach my cousins. older cousins and not, nobody would he said it was just fascinating he said you know and then he said you know what i'm going to tell you right now and that was very important because he told me i know you want to Start a band one day, right? I say, yeah, I want to start a band because, right? He said, well, if I were you, I would teach your brothers because I'm a musician. I come from a, the only one in the family that's a musician. So when I started my band, he said, everybody was from the outside. So right at the time I had this important gig or whatever, the bass player would say, I don't want to go. Or no, I, I don't feel like going. I got to work. My wife yeah, won't and, let and me and go. He, yeah, exactly. And, and he, I would always have a hard time with musicians. So... Uh, he said, teach your brothers and, and, you know, it's something that might help. I don't know, but I'm saying if I had brothers, he said, that were all musicians, I would, I, I think I wouldn't be in the situation, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what I did. You know, I started uh, learning because of the piano. He bought me a piano accordion, you know, because there are piano mm-hmm. accordions too. So I started with one of those. Mm-hmm. And then I, 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 I eventually told him, you know, I want to learn how to play the, the, a button, button accordion. Button accordion. He said, man, my dad said, that's a very hard instrument to learn because 
me myself, I could never learn. I, uh, he could play bass, he could play bajo sesto, guitar, he could play drums. Mm -hmm. I said, but I would always tell even my accordion player, can I take your accordion to my house so I can kind of pick at it, see how I can pick, pick up something? Up, yeah. He said, I could never. And that's why he would hesitate because hey, they're kind of expensive. Back in the day, it was like maybe three hundred bucks, two hundred fifty dollars right, yeah. in the seventies. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we're talking right now. Already, this is when I started teaching on my brothers. So I was back in eighty four, eighty three. Okay, yeah. So, so you're what sixteen? I was maybe fifteen, fifteen, okay. sixteen. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, "You need a." He said, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" I said, "Yeah, I know I can. I know I can. I just had it right." So uh, I remember that he uh, bought me a honer. It was like $250, but almost, almost new. Somebody that was selling because he couldn't learn how to play, mm -hmm. a friend of his or something. And I just picked it up. And a couple of weeks, I threw the other one. <laughs> wow. I just put it aside and I used a button one. Mm -hmm. it was, I was just fascinated by, by it, right? Because mm -hmm. it was totally different. And I, but I, now I think I'm back and I say, you know what? When you're younger and you're young, you're, your mind's like a sponge. Yes. Anything, if you want it. You're gonna you're gonna learn it. You, you know? figure it out. Yeah. You figure it out somehow. You know, because mm -hmm. I see these kids. I see my kids with the games and stuff. They're like, mm -hmm. they're fast. You know, yeah. like I'm like, I couldn't do that. You know, mm -hmm. but um, so we started. The, I started the band, and and uh, what was started, your first gig? We do you remember? Uh, we started playing like I think the very first one was like a party or something. Out we would do like outdoor outdoor little parties and stuff. Okay, and uh, someone's having a barbecue. Yeah, and you guys. Hey, and my dad was hey, I got my sons to play whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, and because uh, now that uh, this church that we're serving now under is uh, it's called uh, uh, Trinity Fellowship mm -hmm. Valley. Me and my wife were the uh, the uh, on Wednesdays we do the worship. Okay. The pastor, I think he's a little older than me. He's like in his sixties, and he uh, said one time we were eating after church service, and he said, "I never told you, but you play for my bachelor party." I said, really? <laughs> yeah, what, when was that? It was, it was 1980. He said, I uh, had a bachelor because he wasn't in the Lord back in the day. Right, yeah. He, and he said, they, they threw me a bachelor party, and then your dad talked to my dad, and, and we got you out to play. And he said, the only re reason I remember is because uh, you, you had already set up when I got there. And yeah, you had the equipment and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, where are the musicians? Who's going to play? Uh, they're over there. Y'all were there like uh, the he had a, like a big yard and at the end it was kind of like a little Creek mm -hmm. and they, they pointed to us when we were kids. I was like maybe 12, 13. Doing and little boys said, do throwing rocks. They were throwing rocks to the Creek and stuff. Like, Those are the musicians. <laughs> Trying to catch a lizard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were all kids, you know, and it was yeah. like, wow. Those are the musicians. Yeah. He said, I remember that because you played in my bachelor party. And I was like, wow, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even remember. So do you and still don't remember that happening? I don't remember. The only thing I remember was that. So some woman didn't jump out of a cake because you would remember that. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I rem the things that I remember is like, I didn't remember the plane. I didn't remember that. Mm -hmm. What I remember was that night uh, when, when it all finished, we didn't have a, some, we're having trouble with the little, the lights of the trailer. Mm -hmm. so some somebody there was a cop and he told my dad no whatever it was like uh we'll follow you and they followed us home hmm. and that's how I'm, i don't that's know why i remember, remember that the night. isn't that yeah. weird how your brain works exactly yeah. and, I, and i told my dad my dad remembers that exactly thing he's like yeah i remember that party at Aka, there we, we played at this house and whatever i was like man i can't remember you know but that was one of our first gigs as los tremendos pequeños we were called because it's pequeños meaning uh, small ones, little guys, the yeah. little the small incredible, ones. incredible small ones, little, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
And nowadays, if you go to Valde and, and ask somebody about us, how if they remember when we started, some will call us the pequeñitos. Pequeñitos meaning also the, the, the little ones, yeah, small uh, ones. And, oh, yeah, the pequeñitos, yeah, the pequeñitos. You know, that was back in the 80s. And it wasn't until uh, when we got to junior high, we kept playing, doing quinceañeras, parties, weddings. Uh, uh, we graduated from high school. And by that time, we were playing anything. Anything that would come out, top 40, rock, anything. We would you can play anything. Oh, you were playing? Yeah, we would play at, at our dances. Because, you know, like how Tejano is now, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day also. It, they were, we were popular into... Uh, because back in the 80s when I was going to school is when, when uh, Bon Jovi, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Def Leppard, uh, you know, White all, Snake, all these, all all these guys, bands yeah. were coming out with, with uh, even uh, Salt and Pepper, uh, mm -hmm. all these that would come out with different songs. And we would kind of learn the happening song so we could have it to play in the quinceañeras and stuff like that. So you, you played Push It? Yeah. On the accordion? Not an accordion. Oh. I, that's why I had the keyboard. Oh, the keyboard. Yeah. And then uh, we would play, uh, for example, uh, uh, I don't know. Remember when the the that real popular song, La Lambada, came out? Oh yeah. We were, we would play that song. Uh, remember, we we did a lot of uh, George Strait. We did country. We did a lot of George, George Strait oh, yeah. songs. Yeah, which is very similar to in style Han to Tejano. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, we did a uh, 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 in the Gang. Oh, okay. Uh, And you guys were doing conjunto too at the same time. We would do conjunto so you would just mix it up. You were yeah, the, mix it up. Yeah, you were the jukebox. Yeah, total package. And, and 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 being back in the day, there was no internet. You mm -hmm. know, there was no uh, uh, like if we were like this super band, there was no way you're gonna get to promote yourself. Recognize, yeah. you know. Uh, I remember that uh, back in, in graduated high school, and it wasn't until '89 that uh, 1989 we opened up for a very famous Tejano band, La Mafia. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you guys, how did that happen? There was a promoter from Uvalde that used to bring all these, all these Tejano happening acts to Uvalde. Okay. And, uh, so there's a, there's a stadium or a civic uh, like center. A civic center. Okay. And we, I remember because he would bring them in and, and, uh, I remember, uh, that he moved, he had, or he moved to Ker Kerrville, Texas. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he saw what we had. So, He remembered you then. Yeah, yeah, he saw like, man, you always have the crowd going. Like for an opening band, I mean, I have never seen somebody like that. So he heard La Mafia was looking for talent for an opening act to mm -hmm. travel with them mm. back in 89. And he and said- they were pretty young guys back then too. Yeah, yeah. They were in their late 20s, mid 20s, okay. you know. Uh, we were in our teens, right? I remember that uh, he uh, he kind of wanted to hire, to put us to open up for La Mafia there so we could- You know, so they could see what we had, right? Because he was he that promoter guy was a musician also himself, so he knew about music, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it was so. Uh, the, the experience was, how can I put it? Starting out with the promoter had hired us for. He said, "Man, uh, I'll give you four hundred dollars." I said, "Cool," but my dad was like, "No, no, no, no. We want five hundred." My dad didn't see what I saw, you know. You saw and the my, opportunity. And my, and my, yeah, and my dad was like, no, no. So I called him, hey, dude, I mean, my dad doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. And he said, well. You would have done it for free because you yeah, saw yeah. the potential of But the my moment. dad was always after like, hey, no, si él quiere, if he wants, he's going to give us what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, I knew his logic. I knew what he was mm -hmm. trying to say. 
But me, I was like, this is a chance. And back in the day, if I knew then what I know now, I was like, man, this is a chance that we're getting that. Right. Yeah. You know, like, take it. And I now I know. And I was like, I was a good judge of whatever was going on. You could see the moment. So yeah. he, I called him because I knew him personally. And I said, hey, Jesse, his name was Jesse Cruz. And he, I told Shout him, out hey, to Jesse Cruz. Jesse Cruz, yeah. And he, uh, he was like, you know what, Johnny? If it's going to be like that, you know what? I'll put a hundred bucks in my pocket. Really? You do that, dude? Yeah, yeah. So he said, just don't tell your dad. Mm. Uh, just tell your dad that La Mafia is going to give me five hundred bucks. Okay. So I come by that. Yeah, no, no, he will do it. Okay, he'll do it. So it happened. And uh, and he knew right when we started opening for La Mafia. It was packed. It was packed place. Where was it? In, in Kerrville, Kerrville, Texas. Oh, so it was in Kerrville. Yeah. Close to San Antonio. And I remember that the crowd was like, and, and we knew, my dad would always tell us, you know, learn everything because that's how we played all this stuff. Mm -hmm. We started throwing this and that or whatever because we had never been that far from Uvalde, you know, like we went there. And it's not even it far. It's like right there. Now, yeah. Man, yeah. We're hitting the big time. So we're, we're playing and we got the crowd going. By the time we get the crowd going and screaming and yelling and whatever. And then I turn around and see the guys from the mafia there behind stage looking to the side of the stage. And we're like, I kind of got intimidated because, wow, this is a mafia. Oh, starstruck, yeah. Yeah, like, and they were like, okay, we kept, we kept going until we finished. When we got off, we met with them in the back before they got on. And we're like, wow, where are y'all from? You know, like, we're from Uvalde. Oh, where yeah, we've been from? to Uvalde. They're from Houston. Okay. But they had gone to Uvalde because they had taken them mm -hmm. there before. Wow. We had never, we never seen anything like that. Like, y'all's vocals, man, they're like on point. Like, do y'all record with anybody? I said, we We're not recording anything. We haven't, we haven't recorded with anybody. Wow. Like, we, right, guys? We've never seen that opening band like that. Man, we, like, I very like, I mean, I know that y'all are versatile. that Y'all can play different stuff and whatever, but the vocals. And the I remember the keyboard player was like, the vocals, I, I can do something with that. Mm. I can kind of mold them into their own. So who are the singers? Me and my brother James. Okay. And uh, I remember that, He said, we'll call y'all. This was like in June or May of 89. He said, we'll call y'all. And, it, you know, July, August, December passed. And we don't, nobody called them. We're like, yeah, they probably didn't call us. But then, then we found out that they take a break in January. So in January, they called us and said, hey, uh, this is so-and-so, La Mafia. We're, remember we talked about whatever. We're interested. They hadn't forgot you know, about we, you. Yeah, yeah. we want to pay, pay for your, for your first recording and Take it to our label, see what they say, and let's, let's start from there. But we got we want to meet with them so we can kind of talk about things and see what we're gonna, where we're going to go because we didn't see. And you're it. like, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do. Is, yes. Yeah, whatever you want to do, yeah, yeah. you know. Because he said, y'all play all the styles, but what is your style? <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, we don't have a style. It's like we, we don't just know. play anything. And uh, Our okay. style is eating. Yeah. And so. Eating, yeah. sleeping. Whatever they'll pay us. Yeah, to. yeah. And uh, remember that uh, that was in 1990. So they paid for a recording and then, uh, have you, have you ever, I don't know if I, I remember hearing that family bands are so popular because this, they can harmonize because they almost have the same voice because mm -hmm. they're the same family. Right. And so have you ever heard that? that yeah. So mm -hmm. that's true then. It's very true. And, and, because you can harmonize with your brother. You can tell if it's a family band when it's, uh, the vocals for except for example, because, Uh, like you say, they sing together, they sing, they've been singing together for so long or whatever. Uh, and you can tell when the band's different members because uh, the majority of the Tejano bands, there's only one singer. And the one mm -hmm. the, the one always trying to harmonize, he kind of does a little. Right. But if it's a brother. A, yeah. 
then you grew up together. You yeah. sing for your and your voices are similar, right? Mm-hmm. And, there, in the, and in the industry, that we've always been known after many years after that that I'm telling uh-huh. you, they've always uh, recognized us because of our vocals. Oh, Say, yeah. man, y'all are the best vocals out there in our in our style or in our yeah. genre. You know, I'm like, wow, like and and yeah, and it's true because we go out and hear other bands that kind of because I, I call it it's a competition, you know. And in the it world, is. I tell. Uh, for doing it for Christ is a different thing, mm-hmm. but doing it in the world is a competition because you're always always looking over your shoulder to see guy. what band the next guy is going to come yeah. and taking your place. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I remember that uh, you know that that's what it is. You know that that uh, when it's a family band, also it's like when my dad told me, you know, it, it's a togetherness, it's the the, the unity. You know yeah. that we uh, some bands don't make it because once they kind of get a little name for themselves, uh, then they lose a bass player, they lose a drummer, they lose a somebody, and then the band, the chemistry is not the same. Mm, yeah, you know, how would they start it? You know what I mean? And uh, you guys had that built in because yeah. your family, yeah. And then to top it off, you know, uh, in two thousand one, we had our uh, the accident, freak accident in the bus. We lost my brother, the drummer, and we already had the two younger brothers. One of them was running sound, uh, house sound, and the other one was running monitors. Oh, okay. So they knew everything that we did or whatever. And that other one, the younger one, when he was little, he's like nine years younger than me. He's the youngest, the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. I taught him how to play also all the instruments. And I taught him to play, hey, I want to play accordion. Okay. He was always, because I was always in, me, I love music. Mm-hmm. I was always practicing. I was always in a practice room talking, learning this or that. And he would tell him, learn this. And my dad would always tell me, teach the younger ones because you never know what can happen in the future or whatever. He was always thinking, because he said one day before we signed signed up when Mafia was helping us out, he said, don't get married or don't get involved right now because right now everybody wants it and you know what you want. Mm. He said, right now it's four heads wanting something. The reason that I'm saying that, not because, oh, I don't want y'all to leave the house or whatever. No, right. it's because once you get married, it's eight heads. And you don't know if one of these is going to pull the other way. Eight opinions, yeah. Yeah, and then it's going to pull one of y'all to the other direction. And everything. So the advice that Johnny is giving right now, don't get married. Don't get married. what I'm hearing him say. <laughs> For a lot of other reasons, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, but you know, and, and that, Someone you know. just gave us a like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And, and it's it's funny because uh, how how things work or how, because my dad's saying that. You know, uh, it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Don't get married. We still, everybody started, you know, we right, got married yeah, first and whatever. Young men that have yeah, needs. Yeah, needs. And, but it didn't happen until 20 some years later uh, uh, that, you know, when I, I went through, the, right after the accident in 2001. Well, let me go back a little bit. Before so you got, oh, yeah, let's go. So that you're, you, Mafia wanted you to record. You guys recorded. Mm-hmm. Did they present the demo? They present the demo to the to the label what, at the what time. Song it did was you guys record? The, the label. The label was called Sony Records. Okay. And yeah, I think people have heard of that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, nowadays, you know, nowadays there's no labels. You know, like it's yeah. hardly any labels. Everybody to themselves. Some, the world is so uh, different. Everyone's yeah, so their different. own label, right? Their own. Yeah, and 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 it's because because of record sales, mm-hmm. they went down. The internet kind of affected different people. Sure, it yeah. it might have affected to an advantage some people and disadvantages other people. Right. Uh, and the record business, everything went, you know, down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that. Uh, uh, what song did you guys record? You the remember? song 
The song is called uh, En Un Buque de Rosas. Uh, but the first album pretty much didn't do anything for us. And then we recorded a second album. It also didn't do anything for us. It, it started a little bit, but due to the fact that back in the day, Tejano music, it, Tejano music is very versatile. It, it's com a combination of, uh, you know, influences from blues, from country, from Tejano music. Is, it's a, I would think it's like a genre in itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and, and then when you talk about it, you can get deeper and it's not even Tejano. It's not even a genre. It's more like a, uh, because, Uh, Tejano means Texas mm -hmm. and when you say country what does country mean you know yeah. when you say rock what does rock mean you know uh, uh, but the music it's, 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 it has its own style and everything and back in the day in the 90s early 90s uh, Tejano radio because it got real big we said Selena you know when Selena right. passed away a lot of people said Selena died and Tejano died no Tejano uh, was... when, by the time Selena died Tejano wasn't to speak uh, you know there was major radio stations, FM radio stations. And that was what was really, really at. Guys at Grupo Mas, they were driving some Mas, of that. The Mafia. Uh, we had a bunch of bands. And talking about that, we were a accordion-based band. Mm -hmm. So when we started, they, they started throwing us into trying to get us played on Tejano radio. And they would look at the music and listen to the music and look at whatever is it, Los Palominos. Y'all are Norteño. Mm. We can't play y'all here. So they took us to the Norteño station because I remember because they took us on the first radio tour on the second album. Like, Los Palominos. And they would put the music. Suena Tejano. Mm. <laughs> you know, and then we'll go to the to the, uh, the Tejano station. Tejano said, we can't play this here. Like, in other, in other words, to make this long story short, if you weren't Ramon Ayala, that was the only uh, exception that was to Tejano Radio to play an accordion-based band. Mm -hmm. If you weren't Ramon Ayala, I'm sorry. Because, in other words, they were, I guess, afraid of losing ratings. Right, you know? yeah. So we're like, wow, what do we do? And Mando, I remember the third album, we were preparing for the third album, back in, in 90, it was uh, the latter part of 92. And he said, we had recorded the whole album. And he said, you know what? There's three cumbias on the album. He said, man, there's, it's a shame that these are very good songs. And I know that they're just going to see them and just going to throw it away and they're going to play it. Mm -hmm. He said, you know what? Let me sleep on it. So the next day we came to the studio and he says, you know what? We're going to change everything. Johnny, I know you play keys, right? And I said, yeah, a little bit. Hey, James, you play guitar. I know you play bajo, but you play guitar too. So yeah. Well, let's try something different. So we got all the cumbias and erased everything and started from scratch and we did the cumbias with keyboards. Mm. And uh, kind of like, Uh, in between so the radio PDs he was, I know what he was shooting at the, 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 the PDs would say what kind of music is this because it's not it's not what's PD stand one, for excuse me what's PD stand for the program directors okay people that really say that yeah your name they're the gatekeepers they're right, yeah they're yeah. the ones that are gonna and uh, I remember that uh, the music sounded it doesn't sound Norteño because it doesn't have an accordion And it and, and then it doesn't sound Tejano, but it fits in the Tejano because everybody, Maz, and all these bands are playing keyboards, right? Mm -hmm. So when they took out, it, the song was called Corazón de Cristal, Crystal Heart. Okay. Uh, it's, it's talking about uh, the, this uh, guy that becomes famous and, and uh, that he could see that he's, he was losing his, his love because she was in the crowd. But I guess because if he became famous, 
she started not, you know, in other words, it's kind of like one of those, uh, as the more famous he got, he, him and his girlfriend or whatever, cut it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's saying, corazón, corazón cristal, because her heart was so fragile that she couldn't take him being on the road. And you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, well, everything yeah, yeah. that comes on the road, uh-huh. of course, not any wife can, can, right. Yeah. Can withstand not that. Not a family right? environment. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so that town just took off. Because hmm. the Tejano was like, okay, we'll play it. I mean, it's not accordion. We'll play it. Boom. And then uh, I remember Mando, our producer, the keyboard player for La Mafia, he was the one that took from day one to producers. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to invest, he invested like three, $4,000 in buying little crystal hearts. So he said, every PD, every major radio station across Texas, uh, they're going to be playing the song. We did a 12 Days of Christmas giveaway. And it came around that time. Mm-hmm. So he said, I'm going to give, register the register people, the PDs are to play the song 10 times and register 10 people. And at the end of the day, give the crystal heart to whoever uh, wins it. Kind of like a raffle kind of thing. Promotion, yeah, yeah. But he said, the kicker is here, they're going to play it 10 times regardless. So where in the world are you going to get that kind 10, of- 10, your song played 10 times on a radio station, you know? So that was like genius. So he did that and it just took off and just the major stations playing it. Like, let's say there's a major station, let's say in, in Denver, mm-hmm. they're playing it. Well, all the little stations were like, yeah, well, we're going to play what they're playing. That's a new right. song. They're saying. People start liking the song. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. over they start requesting it. That like that's, that's gone today. Exactly. Yeah. When I would, when we were kids, mm-hmm. you would call the radio and request a exactly. song uh-huh. and that, that doesn't happen anymore. No. But back then, that was the way you. Yeah, now people know. I don't think people even, there's a lot of radio stations that are closing down because they don't listen to radio. Right. right? Yeah. The, the streaming music now. So then, how, okay, so this, so you guys finally figured out the formula mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're starting to blow up. How did you, when did you ever realize, or what was the first time you thought to yourself, I'm famous? Uh, and I was going to get to that right, okay. right after that. Yeah. Why? Because when I was reading the question, I was like, wow, okay. I was like, Everything started overnight. I remember going to a place uh, that we played, and it was maybe sixty people there in Corpus. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and it was—I don't know if you ever been to Corpus. It's oh, a place yeah. called the Yellow Rose. Okay, Yellow, Yellow Rose, Rose of Corpus on, on Saratoga. All right, and and shout out to the Yellow Rose on Saratoga. Yellow Rose. I don't think it exists anymore, but oh, okay. yeah, people that Rest owned it peace. or whatever. Where was there? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, sixty people, and our single came out, and we went back two three months later, jam packed place, over twenty five hundred people. Holy we were like smokes. freaking out, like wow! And everywhere we went, it was like that. We'd go to air, uh, fly somewhere at the airport. Somebody would see us, Palomino! Oh my god, they were coming uh, like kind of like we felt kind of like the Beatles, right? Like when mm, they first started coming yeah. out. Because picture us, I'm I'm twenty by ninety three. I'm twenty five. Okay, but I didn't look twenty five. I probably looked like I was seventeen or eighteen. Okay, real young. Mm-hmm. We we all look young when we were younger. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people see us like. You're not that age, you know, because mm-hmm. I can we we age we age gracefully. Yeah. People used to tell me that too, but they don't say it anymore. They don't say so it anymore. I, I wonder why they don't say it anymore, right? <laughs> it hurts. I wonder, right? So you're so people are and back then it wasn't selfies, it was autographs. Yeah, autographs and stuff like yeah. that or or, or now uh, it'd be like Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, you, whatever, yeah. yeah. And it it was fun and it didn't hit me then mm-hmm. about the you know, I made it because I would always like, wow, wow. And people would even before that they would hear us play before we even became famous, right? And they would say, man, one day you're going to make it. Mm. One day you're going to make it. Y'all are like, y'all are. You guys are good. Good yeah. band, you uh-huh. know, you're like, you're going to make it one day. 
we never heard from anybody said y'all made it right because it's it's just like that i don't know if it's just something yeah. that you're gonna make it and then you make it uh and i remember that, that that's in, that is interesting yeah people, right? people just stop telling you that stop then. telling you yeah exactly because in their mind you already made it but you already but made it no one ever told you exactly hey, guys guess what it's kind of like my you dad are kind of kind of remember i'm remembering i'm like when did my dad ever tell us y'all are good my dad never told us hmm. it's kind of like if you see the selena movie living? My dad's still alive, yeah. He's 80 years old. What's his uh, name? Oh, Johnny. Juan. Johnny. Juan, do your sons a favor. Tell them they made it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, uh, if you see the movie Selena, oh, same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. We went through the same thing. And I'm sure that a bunch of other family bands went through the right, same thing. Yeah. You, but yeah. do you think you need that though? You you need that guy that, like that's the, not Joseph Jackson you? and stuff like that? Yeah, that kind of. I see it, you know, I guess growing up in the environment that we grew up, mm-hmm. I think that's that's what it is, you know, mm-hmm. because nowadays I feel that we need to tell our kids we love them. Because I never grew up saying, my dad telling me, I love you, mijo. Right. I love you. I take care of you, love you, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're okay. Get up, you know. You don't shake say anything. Off. Yeah, shake it off. Shake it off. Come on, don't cry. Men don't cry, you know, right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Which is probably know, how he was raised. He was raised like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, that generation, because right. I remember talking to your dad about it and stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah. Saying whatever he comes from a family, a bunch of brothers too, right? Musicians, yeah. So uh, he never told us, you know, you made it. And and I remember uh, that uh, when we won our first Grammy back in '99, that's when he really said, "Okay, y'all hicieron, y'all made it. Don't let it get to your head." <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, well, that already passed. You know, like the Grammy wasn't, it was it was a, a, a very uh, surreal moment that mm-hmm. happened in our lives. But to me, that I love music, the real moment happened when we started from overnight, you know, packed houses everywhere and stuff. Yeah. And so when your song, when the Crystal Heart, when that hit to you, that was the moment where you're like, man, this is turning into something big. Well, that's 93, mm-hmm. right? Fast forward and go to 1999 that we, we because in 93 we started Mafia was to tell us y'all gotta get into Mexico y'all gotta take Mexico I know Sony is already producing the music or whatever but y'all gotta make presence y'all gotta go mm-hmm. I'll say cool I said we'll take you on one of the tours so they took us in 95 96 to tour and the crowd was okay whatever and it wasn't until one of the songs hit went to number one and uh, what song was it. Uh, it's called the Poste Ganar. It was on the same album because it's it's funny how the album came out in '93, and we didn't record the next album until '95, and 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 because out of the ten songs, nine songs made it to number one. Wow, we had nine singles on that album. How many people have done that? Not that many. I don't think there any, can't be that many. There, there's not there's not a many artists like maybe that. like Michael Jackson, maybe, maybe. a Thriller album, somebody I mean, like that. Yeah, and but in our genre, I don't think we we were just every song that we record. Became a hit. Who was writing them? At the time, I've never wrote a song. Uh, at the time, there was writers that were because there was there's money in writing. So also. they're producing. The, so there's there's Sony's writers that dedicated writers. themselves to do that. You know, there's okay. a lot of writers that nowadays they 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 uh, very good writers. You know, and I remember that uh, that song too just took off. I remember Mafia taking us the first time. Mm-hmm. When we just got on stage, people in Monterrey, people were like singing the songs and stuff. I was like freaking out because it was the the love over there a lot bigger than over here. You know, mm-hmm. it's like over there is like, we were like, wow, like people 
people really love the music mm -hmm. and love the songs word by word. They learned it and they're singing and singing. They're even louder than you, you know? Mm. So I remember back in, you go from, that's 95. And by the time, by 99, we had a, the, the a last album with Sony. Uh, the, the album was called Por Eso Te Amo. That's Why I Love You. Mm -hmm. Por Eso Te Amo, this writer wrote that song. And he said, "This I wrote this song thinking of another song from the Corazón de Cristal album. This Corazón de Cristal album had the many hits. And I told you one of the songs called Benny Baila. Benny Baila means come dance with me. But it's in a, uh, it's talking, it's like an, uh, I don't, uh, I want to say it kind of, I'm going to say it. It's like a seductive way of telling, you know, come dance with me, but it's come dance with me. They're not talking yeah. about dancing. Yeah. yeah. But it's a really pretty song. Very, very mm -hmm. popular. So this guy wrote a song thinking of that one but mm -hmm. uh, kind of like I said it's it sounds almost like that but it's a real good song for you and we heard it but it's okay I'm okay so we recorded it, it became the first single and then it got nominated for our first Grammy mm. so it was nominated and the Grammys were going to be like in six months or whatever that song how did they let you know uh the label calls hey uh we submitted your album we submitted everything whatever the album made it to uh your first nomination to the final five holy smokes like, you wow. guys had to be freaking out yeah we were like We're nominated, and uh, it was Intocable, uh, Palominos, uh, A.B. Quintanilla with his first album, uh, Cumbia Kings, mm -hmm. uh, which is an album that, uh, the debut album for Cumbia Kings. That's and, huge. Uh, uh, Selena's brother, those of you that don't know. Selena's, Selena's brother, brother yeah. went Selena's on brother, yeah. his formed Selena's his own band. Producer. producer and yeah. And uh, Selena called him the Cumbia King because he made a lot of Cumbia hits for oh really that's Selena. where the name came from I that's, didn't know that's that. where the name came from mm. you know uh, they were good friends of ours we we, mm. we every now and then when we go to Corpus we meet with CZ and, and AB and them that's cool real yeah. cool people real cool people uh, but getting back to the story mm -hmm. um, the, the 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 song came out we took it out and it, it, it just went became a hit and because it was so like the other song but it had its, its own message or whatever and uh, I remember that Got nominated for Grammy. Wow, we're all freaking out. Wow, our first nomination, whatever, right? Uh, and then we got invited to, because it was very very heavy, heavy hit, and it started going into, because all the Tejano, per se, Tejano crossover bands, it was at Namini, it was us, Intocable, uh, Bobby Pulido. Um, there was maybe, you can count them in one hand, mm -hmm. of the crossover bands, because there's, there's a lot of Tejano bands that never made it just to Monterrey. If you're going to make it in Mexico, you got to get into Mexico City. You got to go to the so, DF, the DF. Yeah, yeah. DF. Uh, so we, that Por Eso Te Amo made it to DF. Mm -hmm. and, and we went, I remember doing a radio tour or whatever. It took us maybe a month to travel and do all the radio stations, TV stations, uh, a lot of stuff, different kinds of promotion strategies that they did and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we spent like a whole month there. Come back and go back, play, come back, and do the, during the week, do promotion. And I remember during that time also, we didn't know that we were promoting the song, but at the same time, the band was being, people knew about, uh, because by the time Por Eso Te Amo came out, there was a lot of other hits that we had, like Quiero Lo Que Mas Quiero, Duele El Amor, uh, a bunch of other hits that we had. So all these, they knew who we were, but they couldn't put a name with the song. They were playing the song. So mm -hmm. just by promoting Por Eso Te Amo, it became this huge thing. So they invited us on a, It was a Valentine's performance and we headlined uh, Estadio Azteca, which is a, a big stadium that maybe fits. It, we had that night 115,000 people. 115? Yeah. And you guys were the headliners. We were the headliners and we had maybe two or three other 
Mexican bands, but they were like the local bands from there. Right? And uh, we were Which the was big for, they had to be. Yeah, it, like yeah. This. I mean, it, yeah. it was it was so crazy because I said, "How are we going to play in a stadium?" And we get there, they flew us there. We and mind you, they say you got to come a week before, do radio again, and then be ready for that performance. Okay, we didn't don't group, don't book anything in the United States anything whatever. This is going to be your baby for the for this next couple of weeks. Uh-huh. We did that. Uh, we did. Uh, Rueda de Prensa, whatever they call the the press releases and where, you know, like what they do to the, to the, uh, over there in Mexico is real popular. They do to the bands mm-hmm. when a band comes to town or whatever, all the media and everybody's there asking questions like, a, like, like when the president is going to speak, you know, they, right, everybody's yeah. there asking questions or whatever reports and stuff like that. We had never seen anything like that. We were mm-hmm. like freaking out. Like, what kind okay, of question they ask? Yeah, yeah. Would you eat for breakfast? Okay. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and, uh, are you all are brothers and. Y'all speak English too and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, you know, but uh, we're not going to speak it here, you know. Right, right. But, you know, and and remember that we did that. And I said, I just wanted to go see how the setup was because it's a stadium. It's a round thing. Mm. So you well, guys yeah. were in the middle and it was in the Yeah, round. they set up to, towards the, uh, it's like a round thing. Like they set it's us a up soccer stadium, isn't side. it? Yeah. They set us up to one side, like to in the corner. One like end this. of the stadium. And uh, the everything filled up and then the bottom and but they had a one of those because over there there's they call them bailes masivos where they're massive dances what they call them in spanish is bailes mm-hmm. masivos where in the middle of nowhere we play like in michoacan or, or or somewhere san luis potosí or something and and it's just an open ground and you set up your whole stage it's a whole stage setup you and set then people just dance and out just people in the come dirt. in and, and over there the bailes masivos are one stage is right. It's kind of like this. It, one stage right there. One stage right here. One stage over there. One stage over here. So people are running from over there, right here, and then one over here. When each band comes oh, up on you, stage, yeah. so they can set up and tear down. Yeah. But in this stadium, it was only one band. I mean, it was only us, mm-hmm. and the other bands were going to use the same equipment. So it was just you could see when. Well, by the time we got there, it was, you could just see a sea of people. Right? Wow! And it was a stage set up in the middle. So the people right? on the on the field are going to dance. Yeah. And they were dancing if they could because I mean, by the time we move. got there, it was like they would move and you could see kind of like if you were looking at the ocean, you know, mm. and the ocean's moving, you know how the wow, waves move. Yeah. The people were like that because some people were doing this or whatever, this and then whatever. The ocean right? of Mexican people. Yeah. yeah. And at the same I've time, a couple of those. the stage is maybe like <laughs> six feet tall, maybe six feet high. Okay. And because I saw like, why is there so many ambulances here? I guess they already knew what to expect, right? They were taking chicks out and men or whatever that, that would faint because of the heat and the they're getting the pushing against the stage. Against the yeah. stage. I was like, wow. Holy and, smokes. And when I, we got on stage, that's when everything got crazy because we started playing and we, we just started with that song. <sighs> like, it, And they, they started singing and, and for a moment they were like looking at each other because hey, I can't hear you, dude. I can't. I can't yeah, we couldn't hear the drums. We couldn't hear you. We're like, and we're like paying close attention to us, what we're doing because back in the day there were no in-ears. Oh, so it was just those <laughs> yeah. wedge monitors on yeah, the stage. Yeah, now, nowadays in the in-ears, you can hear anything. You can hear any, the, all the right. noise or whatever. But back then, there was none of that. They were like, wow. And, was, and then uh, people would move. They had signs and whatever, right? Marry I freaked, me. I freaked out one time. <laughs> I freaked out one time. Uh, they would sell these things like, it looked like a milk carton. Mm-hmm. And it was like this. And it had like a mirror. And then it had a mirror over here. Oh, so they could so see. So they could see over the crowd. I was like, wow, they think of everything here, you know, like, so <laughs> these Mexicans are smart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember that, um, 
So you've seen those little submarine-looking yeah, things, yeah, yeah, exactly. All in the crowd. Everywhere, everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day, it weren't cell phones, right? You would see now. Now you see cell phones, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, people singing and singing and whatever, and I was like, wow. But at the same time of the singing and screaming, you could hear like a roar, and like, and then the stage on where they would push, the stage would kind of like, hey, did you feel that? Like the stage move. I was like, man, this. and then you see the lights are up here, whatever. We're fearing that something's gonna fall on us or yeah, something yeah, yeah. we were um, i have the same that's when i said i made it it's kind of like a question you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. That I, I made it like because i always my dream was to make it one day and i was like so that's when it? you realized and i was like wow i think we made it yeah, yeah. i think we made it right and i was like wow. hundred and fifteen thousand people yeah. shaking the place yeah to your music yeah and i was like wow so that night i went to back we back, went back to the hotel and i was like just thinking you know Wow. And I mean, at, back in the day, I didn't know about the Lord yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a little bit after that in 2001, because uh, we continued going and doing those massive dances and whatever we did. We toured Mexico for a long time mm-hmm. in 2000, 2000, 2001. We had an accident. I lost my brother, which by the way, in 1997, he had, he was diagnosed with leukemia mm. and he, he was in remission and everything. But, one time, because uh, he lived right in front of my house, like we lived across from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember him. Now I rem- reminisce and think back, and he would always tell me because he went through that chemo and the side effects, and it's an ugly thing, you know. I mean, like going cancer, through that right? stuff. Yeah. yeah, like cancer. And I remember him telling, "Man, I, I don't wish this on my worst enemy." Mm-hmm. He said, "Man, if it comes back, because he would go to regular checkups." This is already ninety seven, ninety eight. It was two thousand, two thousand one. It was like. You know, if when I die, I just want to die like that. Mm. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to do that, whatever. If it comes back, I hope it not doesn't come back, but I want to die like this. And now, now you know, that I've been doing the work of the Lord and I know yeah. more than what I knew then, I'm like, wow. He professed it with his mouth. Mm. You know, I mean, when mm-hmm. we have power in, in our tongues. In yeah. our tongues, you know. How old was he when he died? 31. What happened? Uh, we were in a bus, uh, Coming from Victoria, Texas, mm-hmm. we're going to Port Lavaca, or coming from Port Lavaca to Victoria, and it was a back road. And I remember that we were going because a bus, big thing, giant tour bus. Yeah. yeah, we were. Let's say the, the there's a stop. There's we didn't know there was a kind of T mm-hmm. where the road ends or dead end. Yeah. This way, we're going on a curve like this. We're like sixty miles, sixty five miles an hour. So by the time we turn like that, and we can see the sign that. That, there was not even blinking light. There was nothing. Mm. We turned like that, and we could see that it was a, a, a like a not a dead end, but you know, mm-hmm. you go this way, this way. How are we going to turn? Bus is going to roll over. So by the time we knew, it was like maybe like I would say like a football field the way maybe. Mm-hmm. And he started push, put it, you know, pressing on the brakes, and very little, you know, it wouldn't. So he said, you know what? And we saw a big field, like an open mm-hmm. field across, like. A, so he said, I'm just freeing up, and the driver would say, I just freeing them, nothing's coming from here, and this way, I'm just going to go, just grab on, because I'm going to go into this field. That's, that'll stop us. But we didn't anticipate it from, like, from here to there, there was a big ditch. Oh. By the time we got close, we saw, saw it. That. Yeah. It was like one of those ditches they use for agriculture, you know, for mm-hmm. to, to, to uh, Irrigation, water. Man. Yeah. Um, we went airborne and hit, my brother was in the front talking to the driver. Mm-hmm. So all we remember, all I remember was the bus going doing this number. You know, like, oh, man. You know we I, I couldn't see anybody. It was just like 
Things are flying. Yeah, and- flying everywhere. And I, what we find out is that, you know, my brother in, ends up in the bottom of the bus. I'm thinking that he's the first one to hit the, hit the windshield. Uh, and he died instantly. And right now, now I know, I think, you know, we never saw him again. In other words, they told me he was under the bus or whatever. Uh, because, like, real quick like that, the paramedics got there. I don't know how quick. Mm. To me, it was very quick. Like, it was maybe not even 15, 20 minutes by the time paramedics got there. Mm-hmm. And just took us away to the side of the road and whatever. It was like a surreal moment. We can't even remember. I can't. It's vaguely I remember. It's like a dream. Little things in there. Yeah. You know? uh, but I remember now and I said, wow, like, that happened. And, you know, talking spiritually, you know, I now I can say or kind of understand. Because back in the day, we were all together. Like we were always, we were a close family. Mm-hmm. And everything we would do, we would do together. Hey, uh, uh Football game's going to be this Sunday. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, we're gigging Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Except Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday, we'll meet at your house. Okay, we'll meet. I went to my brother's house. Yeah, we'll cook out, this and that, whatever. Watch the Every game, time, yeah. every weekend. It didn't, never failed. Um, and uh, You're the only Cal- Broncos fan in your family? Yeah. Good man. Yeah. I'm, I'm the All only, Cowboys fans. I'm the only smart one. Their hearts <laughs> were broken last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. And, no, and I, I pick on them now because I said, you know what? We're going to the Super Bowl this week. We are, man. We are. My, we're filming this right now in 2022. You heard it here first. We're, we're, uh, we know we're, we know this is going to happen. Yes. Uh, and uh, we have only one sister. Mm. My sister, uh, she lives in Washington State. So guess what? That was her quarterback. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we just got <laughs> Russell Wilson from the Seattle yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, that was her quarterback. So we kind of play back and back, you know, each other, whatever. Just, uh, but I said, no, we're going to make it. And But... Um, uh, I remember when that happened, we were always together, right? And now I know that it's the spirit that just came in, the family, uh, when the accident happened. Because I remember uh, it was kind of like with and the the legalities of the, of the ban or whatever, because the ban was based on we're all family. Mm-hmm. But because of tax purposes, you know, we're just like me and my brother James kind of put ourselves as owners, like partners. Mm-hmm. And everybody would make the same money and everything. Right. But you were just but on paper. Yeah. Yeah. One of those kind of things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when my brother Jesse passed away, he wasn't on the, you know, so the, the, the widow started kind of doing things like, I, I guess she, I mean, I don't blame her that she started thinking all these things. And she even went as far as saying, y'all killed my husband. And like, how are we going to kill her brother? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't see it that way. Grief makes people yeah, it makes say, it make, say and think and yeah. talk and whatever. Things so they normally wouldn't. She say. was bitter for a long time. Mind you, she was pregnant with oh, my brother's only child, and he never got to meet her. Right? Uh, that's another story. But mm-hmm. she uh, kept kept royalties and this and that. Again, yeah, I'm gonna sue you and blah blah blah. Whatever. She was all talk because nothing ever happened, right? And we would tell her, hey. Right now, there's no royalties. You know, it's nothing. It's just, we're just barely starting, getting started. Mm-hmm. I, I know we're going to be getting royalties in the future, maybe, but now, not now. And I remember that my brother, I I, I know he was to, trying to do good, my brother James, because me and him were, were always the decision makers. Mm-hmm. This is the other singer. And he would like, you know what? In the future, for us not to have this happen again, you know, like, I want to make third brother and owner which we were the four older ones mm-hmm. so the, the one the bass player can make him an owner 
And uh, this happened in 2001, before we got started. And uh, I remember that we uh, went through the paper or whatever, did everything. Uh, we even went as far as to creating an LLC and having two LLCs and stuff, one on the road and one for uh, royalty money and recording whatever, recording and money that, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and the road, you know, the attorney, uh, the attorney told us, you know, because if you your truck or bus hits somebody or whatever, you know, they'll come after this. Uh, so you know what I mean? To separate the... He kind of said, look, this is what Walmart's doing. This is what all these companies do. Because if their drivers, they don't, you know, they hit somebody, kill somebody, or somebody comes after, they don't come after Walmart. You know what I mean? Come after Walmart so, trucking. Or yeah, whatever, exactly. Right and, and and it's not the whole big pie, right? So uh, doing that, you know, we, we told my, I told my, my, my brother said, yeah. And I said, ah, okay, well, cool. He did that. And uh, nothing happened then, but in the future, his wife started kind of like, you know, like, oh no, now I, I, I want to make decisions too. I want to do this. I want to do that. So you know, it that was right about yeah, the yeah heads exactly. Yeah. It make it makes it make things more complicated, you know, than what they were. They should have just left them the way they were. Um, but and then after that, like, like I said, you know, there was. A spirit or maybe several spirits that came in because, you know, the devil's always going to find a way how to get in, you know. And uh, I remember that uh, I went through a divorce. You know, mm -hmm. I was having already marital problems or whatever. Always fighting and for nothing, just for petty stuff. It's a hard whatever. life. Yeah. And exactly. uh, I'm thinking that she just couldn't take it, you know. Like I was on the road and whatever and your mind can play games with you, whatever. Uh, and uh, remember that we went through a divorce in 2000 in the beginning of 2001 and uh, 2002 the end of 2002 and Christmas or, or going on 2003 I met my wife Amber mm. so when I met her we uh, I met her on the road she was going to college to Ranger College there close to Fort Worth mm -hmm. close to Dallas she's from Corpus Christi uh, and I met her there and uh, whenever we played in the area she would go and meet them and she'd like her coming from her side of the family, she's, it's just her. She has three siblings, her mom and her grandma. That's it. That's her family. Mm. You know, her grandma has only one child and that's them. And when she came in and she met us, everybody was outgoing, you know. And she was like, wow. And she would tell me, man, if, uh, she, she never told me until not later, right? Mm -hmm. She told me, man, I want a big family. I, you know, that's what I always wanted, you know, for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Right, yeah. And stuff like that. I have a big, big family, right? So, uh, I remember that uh, came uh, the two thousand four. She uh, for had a they had a birthday party for me and my parents, and uh, my mom already knew that I already had a girlfriend. It's not whatever. Bring your girlfriend so we can meet her, so we can choose to the family. Everybody's here, so it's a perfect moment. I said okay, so I took her, and mind you, all my brothers are there when on the road when she would come and meet us on the road mm -hmm. everybody would go and hug so her they knew her yeah hey hi whatever mm -hmm. you know kind of like that kind of thing mm -hmm. when she went into the house she said i saw something totally different and i walked in the house and i started my your mom took me to introduce me to to george's wife to everybody's wife your brothers were like <laughs> <laughs> they, they were totally different people you know yeah so and then um you know the time time passed a little bit and and uh she noticed that we started noticing, started noticing like, hey, she said, back, 
yeah, by then there was MySpace and stuff. And mm. You could see that, hey, they, your brothers got together for this and that and whatever. When? They didn't invite me. Mm. They stood, never didn't want to invite me. Why? Because the wives were like, if he's going to take her, we don't want her. And she didn't. She said, they don't even know me. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, they don't even know you. Why, why are they judging you, right? But after sure a lot of people can relate to that, you know. But but after after you know years after I kind of figured it out. I was like, they thought that because she being my wife, she was going to take over everything. And uh, she's, all she wanted was a to big be family. part of the family. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, needless to say, any anyway, everything that had to do with Los Palominos revolved around me. Mm. So her being my wife this is automatically anyway. Mm-hmm. Whatever they were dreading was going to happen anyway because. She was my, she's my wife. She's right, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere we went, you know, Johnny Amber, Johnny Amber, he started becoming like that, mm. you know? And uh, I remember that uh, in 2000, we were like that. So one day a friend of mine came and visited me and he was, uh, that's when I kind of drew the line. He came to visit me and he was all dressed up. He knocked on the door. We were watching a movie. It was a Saturday. We didn't play. We, we didn't perform that weekend. Watching a movie. And we're like, okay, there's nothing to do. Watch a movie. We hear her knock on the door. We opened the door. And my friend was like, he's a good friend of mine. He was, he was my best man at my wedding. Mm. He was like, he looked me in surprise too because I opened the door. Mm-hmm. And he's all dressed up and everything. He was like, what happened? His name's Mac. What happened, Mac? What's going on? What? Why are you, you look scared. No, man, I can't. No, man, I just can't believe this. What happened? No, no. Nobody, come in, come in, come in, come in the house, man. Let's, let's talk or whatever. Okay, he went in the house and like, tell me, man. You can tell me anything, man. We're friends, man. We're family. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? I just came from your brother's house, man. They have a big party over there for one of the, one of his sons or whatever. And the whole family's there. All your brothers, sister, your mom, your dad, even your, your older kids are there. Everybody's there. And I asked them, where were you? Like, where's Johnny? And they said that you weren't here. You were out of town. Mm. And I was like, you know, it kind of hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, that's it. Next, I mean, that's becoming to be a regular here, you know. Like mm. we don't, we don't. That's that's what happens because they don't want me around because of Amber. And they play plays things, and it plays games on your mind, you know. Because right. at one point, we I remember arguing with with Amber, you know, saying, "You see, it's your fault. It's you. That's why they don't want want me around them because mm. it's all you." And I mean, it, it didn't go well. No, <laughs> yeah. man, it didn't go well, but. Still, you know. So how it, did how did you guys come to Christ? So there's already some tension in the band. Mm-hmm. Things are not what they used to be. Your brother passed away. Mm-hmm. So everything's different. Mm-hmm. And this is 04, uh-huh. 05. And I think when I was telling it was like 06. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I think it was 07 because we had my daughter, the oldest. She was born in 2006. Uh, 2008, we started, uh, because, because of that, we would always drive when we were, performing or whatever I was off. And then I have, I didn't have my kids before my daughter was born. It mm-hmm. was just me and Amber. So during the week I would just go and hey, well, let's go to Corpus. Let's go with your parents over there, visit. And at, at the time we would go and Hey, well, the, this band's coming. They're, they're going to play here on this Wednesday or whatever. So you'd you know? go watch. So, Hey, let's go. Let's go watch them. And then I would meet some friends there. Hey, hey man, I didn't know you, you go out or whatever. Yeah, I would start it coming out, man. Palomino's always, he said, they would tell me, man, when Palominos come in, that's the only time you see them, and then you won't see them until next year. Mm-hmm. He said, man, oh, it's cool, man, that you're here, whatever. Yeah, well, my, my girlfriend's from here and whatever, right? 
And, and I started making friends like that, you know, mm -hmm. that I probably knew in the, in the plane, but more on a personal kind of mm -hmm. level. Right. Yeah. So I, we would visit people like that. So I met this cup, this guy that used to, he's from Corpus. Your dad knows him. His name, they call him Papo, mm -hmm. Banda, the family, Banda family, Banda family from Corpus. They're musicians also. He's a, he used to play with a, with Excelencia. There's a band called Excelencia, the mm. Big Tejano band also that he was a part of. By then he was already in ministry mm. by the time I met him uh, or we kind of re-met again or kind of started hanging yeah, out. Reconnected, yeah. Reconnected. He was doing ministry because he was married to Eloy Bernal's daughter, which Eloy Bernal is Paulino Bernal. Uh, Paulino was a huge, huge Tejano musician uh, evangelist yeah i became a christian right back right. in the he 70s. was not always a christian no he wasn't always he was a big he was in the world he kind of like he says when i saw him the other day I, i got to perform with him in san antonio and he said johnny you remind me of me huh. you're, you're me but he said you're in a totally different world because when i started back in the 70s they said the corny music was from the devil mm. so they wouldn't accept me in churches So that's why I started doing the tent revivals. Yeah, my dad heard the same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, I met this guy, or well, he reconnected with this Papo guy, and he was married to this uh, Paulino's uh, niece, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we kind of connected and we started hanging around. They, they lived in San Antonio. So one day we go, this 2008, I remember, August 30th, 2008. And mind you, we, we would, we were yearning for, wanting to hang out with people and because the family, the family thing, you know, and I knew I was looking for something, but I didn't know what it was. Mm. My wife too. At the same time, we were going through the same thing because at the same time, all this is happening. My ex-wife's giving us another number over here, mm. big child support is in that, whatever is in that. No, don't take the kids today. No, yes, is not whatever, you know, we're going through that. And then, uh, uh, I don't want her near the kids and mm. you know what I mean? That stuff yeah. like that. So, We go one of these, one, uh, one time, one of these, one of these, I don't remember, that was August 30th that we went to go San Antonio. Hey, let's go visit Papo and Rita. Okay, let's go. So we got there and we had already met some of their neighbors. One of the neighbors now, they have, they're, they're pastors now. Mm. Back in the day, they were just, you know, a couple, they were a young couple. Now they're pastors. They have a church in San Antonio called the Holy One. Mm. And uh, her name's Monique Yvette and Ruben Cortez. Ruben Cortez is a pastor there. And uh, I remember that uh, we got there and they kind of saw that we, we kind of parked there to go and because they're neighbors. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, hey, uh, they left an emergency. They, they, they had to go to because they, they're, her, her family, they're from Kingsville. Mm. Paulino and all of them are from that area. He said they had to go back. Oh, wow. And he said, well, I mean, you want to come in the house and chat or whatever? I mean. So I don't have to go back home or whatever. You know, right. that's when they come hang out. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I know it's, I think it was God's plan, right? Because we were like, yeah, let's go in. We just started small talk, talking, whatever. And before you know it, we we're kind of venting and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know what happened? Everything that had been. Did that he know who you, that you were Palominos? Yeah. He, every, they knew already because we had met in another occasion, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that's why they invited us in, you know, to kind of like, I guess him and his wife were like, well, let's get to know him better, you know? Mm -hmm. So they we were there talking and whatever. And, Uh, we just started venting, blah, 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 this and that. And uh, I, I remember my wife asking, what does it mean to be saved? And the wife said, it's just a prayer. It's a small prayer. 
accepting Jesus in your heart. You know what Jesus said? Yeah, because I mean, we were getting fed by Rita and Papo uh, of the world. So they were already starting. They were to... kind of starting to minister to us. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And because uh, I guess we clicked and I know God put him in my path because we enjoyed the same things. We were musicals. We were being musicians and loving music and everything. We talked about anything that had to do with music. You know, and uh, so that couple, they say, yeah, it's just accept Jesus in your heart and, and know that he he died for whatever you're going through, everything you go leave it to him. It's not meant for you to carry it. Mm. You know, all these burdens, everything that you have, it's not meant for you. That's why we have God. Mm. That's why we have Jesus that he died on the cross for us. We're like, wow, we're like kind of understanding, right? You know, because he sent the Holy Spirit for, you know, that's our advocate. That's, that's what we, you know, we feed on. That's what helps us everywhere right, we go, yeah. you know. So y'all want, y'all, y'all want to pray? He said, we said, yeah. So we got in the middle of the living room. They started praying. We got into a circle. What seemed like a small thing in the moment, right? Yeah. It was life-changing. And they started praying. Before you know it, man, I, I, I just felt warm like that. Oh, and, wow. And a big load off my back. I kind of like like when you're somebody has has you pushed down like that, mm-hmm. and then you, they just let you go. You're like, wow, you're just like, ah. and and I remember all of a sudden like that, and then it, I just felt like I needed to cry. Mm, interesting, and cool. Cry like a little baby, and we, mm-hmm. me and my wife we look at each other, and we just hugged each other, and we just started crying like wow. unconsolable. I was like, wow. And then they told us, you see, that's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's hugging you. The Holy Spirit is hugging you right now. Jesus is right there with you. And we're like, man, it was like a, one of those moments that I will never, yeah. has come home. Yeah. I will never forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember that day, uh, August 30th, that was when we first let God, Jesus in our hearts. Mm. And uh, in their living room. Mm-hmm. And now they're pastors. And other pastors. What was their names again? The Ruben and Monica Yvette Cortez. Big shout out to Big Ruben shout out to him, and yeah, Monica Yvette Cortez they're, they're, they're at their there. church, the Holy One. Yeah, I know God used them in a mighty way, you know. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it's it's it's. Uh, I wish everywhere I go, I always ask for prayer for my brothers because, mm. you know, if they know what I knew, what I know, you know, mm-hmm. like if they can feel what I feel or right, yeah. see life the way I see it, because you gotta live life like it's yes. you know today. We live and live happy. Not, if everybody experienced what I've experienced, they would all want it. Yeah. But it's the, but, and, and there, you know, there's a point where you weren't ready. Yeah. Right. So you were, you were living your life and some things in your life had to converge in exactly. order for your heart to be ready. Exactly. If the band would have, if you were still packing out soccer stadiums and everything was cool with your brothers, you might not have ever been, you weren't Amen. searching. Amen. Yeah. But, but God, and I don't think God causes that stuff, but he uses it. He jumps on the opportunity mm-hmm. when, yeah. when God, he f- God didn't turn your brothers against you or you guys against oh, no. each other, whatever. But in that moment when things started going south, I, it's, it's obvious that he jumped in and said, this guy's open right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm gonna, help him. He, I definitely believe he orchestrated those guys being next door. Yeah. He, I mean, he, if you really go back, maybe it was him that helped him find that house, knowing that. Exactly. You know what I mean? You just never know. There's God's a reason playing why a game of chess, man. That's why I, I, like you said, it's a game of chess because I, I remember how did he connect me again with, with, with that guy, Papo, you know? And uh, how did he, why did he reconnect me? Interesting. And why weren't they the ones that brought me to the Lord? Right, yeah. It was their friends. Yeah. Our we just happened to live next door. Because like, they had a fallout as a couple and they're not together anymore. You know what I mean? Interesting, yeah. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, 
I don't know. It, it, it's, I know, like you say, it's a game of chess and we don't know what the next move is, you know, right. and, but it, which is exciting mm -hmm. because for us to know that you wake up in the morning, what, what is, you know, what does God have in store for us yes. today? Or what does he have in store for tomorrow? You know, yeah. we don't know. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and uh, like my ministry, our ministry, God gave us, you know, it's based on second Corinthians five, seven. Well, we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm. And, and, and it's really about faith because a lot of people say, you don't miss it. I say, yeah, I miss it. I mean, I miss playing with my brothers. Mm. I don't miss the, because it's a routine. Oh yeah. We're going to go to Houston again. Oh yeah. We're going to go to Denver. again. Oh, we're going to go. Here. It, and, And what I do now, it's more exciting because it has purpose. Mm. It has purpose because. So that brings me to my last question. Okay. Are you successful? I feel and successful. What does that, what does that word mean? And what did it mean before? And what does it mean now? Okay. To me, when I started out, successful meant being fame, rich and famous. Mm -hmm. And so and money, money, women, uh, uh, women, you name it. Everything that the devil has to offer you, you know, mm. the world, you know, And now I see it as successful as, you know, me. And it starts at home with my mm, kids. Good. Yeah. And still God in there. Because one day they might, you know, stray away, but they know where to come back. Right. Yes. Some people that I, I've met on the road, there are people that come and follow me from the world. And they come and see the, what's going on. Mm. I want to see what Johnny Arreola is doing now. And not knowing that that's their divine appointment, that God brought them to that That's place. their moment where you were in that living room. This is their moment. Yeah, God's because using they're, you. they're lost. Yes. And I see them. They, they don't know they're, they're lost. I know they're lost. Right, yeah. But they're I know just that they just the finally yeah. found the place. They found it if they want it. It's mm -hmm. there, right? Yeah. But like I said, uh, uh, I think it's Philippians, right? Uh, 4.11 or that uh, talks about, you know, I've seen the having nothing. Mm-hmm. To, I've learned to be content in every situation. Yeah, yeah. and I've learned that now because uh, fast forward into 2020, because in 2017, I got the chance to record my first CD. When I recorded it, I was still playing in the world. Mm -hmm. Your and, first gospel CD. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And you were still playing with your brothers. Yes. Right. Well, immediately when they came out, people started judging me. Mm. Christians, right? Mm. You know, uh, and saying, oh, well, that's disrespect to God. And you can't be in both places at the same time. Isn't that blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it kind of I can hurt tell you, me. Johnny, those Christians are not listening to this podcast because as soon as they turned it on, they saw my tattoos and they turned it off. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they're not listening. I heard that one too. Yeah. But you know, but they're not Christians really. They're religious, right? Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. It's, yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, what I say is, uh, you know, uh, I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. So what you recorded your gospel CD. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of. And you, you, you did what a lot of people do. You know, you, you have this new life, but you've got to figure it out now. You've mm -hmm. got to navigate it. And there's yeah. not very many people who could walk you through that. Right. Because there, it's a, how many people in, in the history of the world have packed out a stadium? 115,000 people. Wow, there's there's only a small number. Yeah. Okay. Now, how many of them are now followers of Christ? And how, how did they transition? And how did they? It's, it's not that many. Right. I know that was God's plan. Right. Why? Because, uh, It was God's plan because like I say, I, it hurt me, you know, when they would tell me that. So sure. I started praying because a little bit after that, uh, this friend of mine that came with me last time, Pete, Pete Bustamante, he had already been doing ministry for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, hey, there's, uh, this weekend, uh, I know I told him I'm open this weekend. What are you going to do? No, I'm, we're not playing. We're just, we're off. Hey, would you come and you wanna, would you want to 
you know, companies, we're going to go to Lubbock and this and that, whatever, we're going to go minister. I was like, yeah, I got a chance to go and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. See what so it's like, yeah. They said, I'll have my band back you up and stuff like that. I said, okay, cool. Just sing two or three songs. We'll rehearse some of the songs from your album, which is the first Christian mm-hmm. album. And we'll rehearse. And what I loved about it was, like I said, I miss my brothers mm-hmm. hanging around with them the right. way it used to be before. Why? Because as soon as we took off on the road, what I enjoyed about it was we were just in the van or in that SUV that we were leaving. Until the road it was just me, him, and drummer, the bass player, or whatever. It was kind of like the old days, like man, excited about go playing, yeah, and just the hanging around. Hey, let's stop to eat here and then whatever, whatever. Get a and water then, burger, yeah. And then yeah, we yeah, got yeah. there, and then we get there, and then we sing. And it's not a packed stadium; it's a church, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of hundred people, maybe fifty people in one of them. And and but just seeing what I saw, you know, mm-hmm. that some of the my songs. One one was that there was a church and it was fifty people. And uh, I saw that uh, uh, that uh, there was this couple that came when I was doing this. Sl- I, I did a slow song just out of the blue. Got the piano, did a song. Uh, and it was a canto like from, I don't know if it's Marcos Wade or somebody. Mm-hmm. And But I got the piano and then I got the accordion. And I did it with an accordion. The same thing as the piano, but with an accordion, right? And then this guy was there and it, it was a couple, older couple. And she just flat down when they were listening to the song flat down face down she was there worshiping the worshiping lord. the lord yeah and him he knelt down and he was just crying when it all ended uh he got to talk to me or whatever we were talking he was like johnny i remember you you were i interviewed you when you were starting out mm. back in san antonio and this guy was over here in lubbock right and i said he said i interviewed you and you and your, the guys, yeah, yeah, we're full of like energy. Y'all want it and whatever. And then I know everything you've done in your life. But now that I see you here, I was like, wow, look at God. He said, when you sang that song, it just hit me. Mm. And and I, I couldn't take it. I had to kneel down. And I never do that. Mm. I was like, that's when I saw the difference from the stadium. Right. I didn't feel anything here. Mm-hmm. I was more scared. I was like, more like, what's next, right? And here I was like, God telling me, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I use you. I don't, I don't want you to skip over that. Okay. So your your moment in the stadium, because we talked about this in your car. Mm-hmm. The moment in your the moment in the stadium when you said we made it, mm-hmm. right? One hundred fifteen thousand people. Mm-hmm. The stage is shaking. All that. Right. The next thing you asked yourself was, what's next? Right. It's never enough. It's never, right? it's Without never. Christ, exactly. pursuing whatever, it, it doesn't satisfy. It's like drinking salt water. Exactly. You're, it's never going to quench your thirst. You're going to get thirsty again. But then you're now playing for 50 people in a church. This is why God designed you. And that hole in your heart is full. It's full. I love that. I just feel like, I feel like, you know, wow, God, now I understand. This you're using it. me. Mm. It's not. It's not about me. Yeah. It's about you. Yes. You know, and you're using me. Who am I? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, uh, I'm sorry. But <laughs> no, that's huge, man. Because think about that. Even that, right? Who am I? Mm-hmm. I'm just a, I'm just a vest. I'm just a servant. I'm yeah. just a, I always say, I'm that little kid with the fish and loaves mm-hmm. that shows up and says, Jesus, if you can do something with what I have, please do it. Right? Exactly. So that's yeah. who I'm sitting across from now. Yeah. Not the guy walking in saying, 
yeah, we're here. Los yeah. Palominos are here, and we're yeah. about to rock the house. Exactly. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that either. No, no. But it's the heart. Jesus cares about our heart. Yeah. More than he cares about anything else. He's, he's, he's chasing us, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's when I saw, you know, and, and I remember after that, I was because we read the, I read the Bible, right? And I read, God gave me a word. He he would tell me, and one he sometimes comes into my dreams, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he told me, before I started my ministry, he told me, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Read. You're not prepared because how are you going to go to war without weapons? Mm-hmm. You know, Good, you yeah. need the weapon, which is the word. This is a war, yeah. Exactly. It's a war, a spiritual war. So I'm like, okay. So we start reading the, the New Testament, the Old Testament at night and the New Testament in the morning. Mm-hmm. So this is March when COVID hit because uh, let me back back up. Uh, after that happened, I, I started because I didn't like what that I was being judged, right? And I was whatever. And, and now I understand it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, God knows my heart. But right, right, right. back in the day, I, I was still- for an audience yeah, of one. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I started praying. The Bible says pray without cease. Mm. I started praying. You know, for the desires of your heart and God knows your heart. So God knew that what I really wanted to do, God, I wanted, I already having trouble with my brothers. I want to do this. Mm. You know, I want to do. You want to leave the band yeah. and do ministry. And, right? and, and to me, it was impossible because I created the band. Mm. So now I tell everybody, I serve a God of the impossible. Mm. Why? Because he made that possible. When COVID hit, I know a lot of people, it affected a lot of people. To me, right. it was a blessing. Mm. Because to me, it was when I was praying and praying, God stopped the world. I was like, wow, God did. You know, he answered my, he, he said, that, give me a yeah. sign. That was a sign. But that's when I, when he said, uh, uh, I said, okay, God, but he started closing churches. I said, I want to sing God. That's when mm-hmm. he said, you're not ready. You need to be prepared. You, need, you know, so we started reading the New Testament, Old Testament at night. In October, this is March, in October, I, uh, there's a scripture that says where Jesus is preaching at a church and his mom and his brother trying to get in. There's a multiple of people and they're trying to get to talk to him. Right. And one of the disciples tells him, Hey, your mom's here. Your, your brothers you know? are here. Yeah. Uh, and he turns to the congregation and says, who are my brothers? Who's my mother? It's these oh, guys. It's us that are mm-hmm. doing God's work. You know, this is, we are brothers. Mm. So that, that in itself, I, I said, wow, right there. My brothers are not saved. Mm. I'm the only one. So that's pretty much what God was trying to tell me so we, I can understand, okay, I think you're almost ready. You mm. know? So that day, I, I uh, when I said that, I, I prayed the next night and I was like, God, I want to feel the Holy Spirit. Mm. Right? It was November 4th. I remember that the next morning, I wake up like like this, shaking, mm-hmm. and a clearly voice telling me, go to your parents. The night before was because I had gone to church. We went and there were everybody was sharing their testimonies how they came to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, you got up and you started sharing yours and you were all over the place. But at the end, you tell, told everybody, I didn't even know. She said, you you got up and you said, pray for me because tonight I left the world. I left everything. I'm serving the Lord 100%. Mm-hmm. And you hadn't done it. So everybody prayed over me for it to be received in love whenever I, you know, encountered my brothers or talked Making to my brothers. Making this big move, yeah. Yeah. So I, the next day I told you I woke up all shaky because I had also prayed for the Holy Spirit and I was like mm-hmm. shaking and I just felt like I wanted to start running, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I hear a clear voice saying, go to your parents. So I head to my parents. 
But before that, I call my label head. I'm telling because this is a big decision. You know, the sports right. are about to a lot kinda, of finances. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of uh, diff, a lot of changes mm-hmm. in Los Palominos, right? Mm-hmm. And mind you, we're still in COVID. Everybody, nobody's playing. Nobody's doing right, anything. Right? happening. Yeah. So this is November fifth, and I go to my parents and I call Freddie. He didn't understand. He didn't answer. So as soon as I got to my parents and started talking to my mom, because I, I wanted to kind of give him a heads up. Look, this is going on and whatever. Because they're up there in age, and I didn't want to. We we never want to tell them our, pra- our problems or we're going right, through and right, stuff. Yeah. So thirty minutes pass. Uh, oh, mind you, before. I start talking to my parents. Freddie calls. And I'm talking to my parents. And Amber says, let me, t- I'll get the phone. I'll tell them everything's going on. So 30 minutes later, I'm talking to my parents. And she walks in and said, I already talked to Freddie. And all I need to tell you is that he said that if it's a calling from God, you can't ignore that. And mm-hmm. tell him that we're here to support him 150% and whatever he wants to do. He wants to do solo project and we'll do anything that we need to do to promote him and whatever whatever he wants to do. Wow. I was cool. like, wow. So I turned around, put the phone on dial and I got my brother and I told him, my brother, Jake, he's, I, first thing I did, hello. I said, hey, uh, uh, I'm calling because I need to tell you something. I said, what about? I said, well, I've been wanting to tell you this and a while back it's been stirring up in my head and I, I don't, I couldn't find the, the words to tell you, but, you know, I, I need to tell you before, you know, I start doing what I'm going to do. Uh, God's calling me to do his work. What do you mean? I said, well, he's calling me to do whatever I used to do with y'all because I'm telling you that I'm, I can no longer tour, mm. can no longer play in the world, no concerts, no dances, no nothing, because I completely turn to do Jesus' work. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. Uh, he said, well, I was, I've been waiting for this call. Mm. He said, and then one thing that impacted me was, we went for this call, but I knew this was going to happen sooner or later uh, because it's been a couple of years that we've seen you different. Mm. And, and and really God says that, right? That right, yeah. It's, it's, you don't have to be telling everybody you're Christian. You know, it, it's on the way you, act the way you do things the way you treat you, people you, leave, you love on people yes. and stuff like that uh, and doesn't matter if I was talking to your dad about last night you know, mm-hmm. he said something about you know you could preach very beautiful but if you act your acts make right. me make me vomit or something mm-hmm. saying something like that yeah. as if you know but uh, and yeah, I told don't that, tell me you're a Christian let me see how you treat the waitress like that's you know what I mean yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. how yeah. like it's one thing for someone to tell you, "Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm following. that's great. That's you wonderful." Know, let me see the way. You let me see how you talk to your kids. Exactly. Let me see, see how how you are. You how know, honest you are at work. Uh, nowadays, just check anybody's Facebook. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pastor so and so, and then you see your Facebook. Nothing to do with church. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? But uh, but that's the day, November fifth, twenty twenty. Now I'm thinking about what do I post on Facebook lately? So <laughs> I need to share that. something. <laughs> I'm sure it's something good. Yeah. 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 So Johnny, we are we're running uh, out of time. Did we go out of time overtime? Uh, but that's okay. I enjoyed it. That. But I mean, uh, there's a lot. What's the What's one last thing you would say to someone who is? They're, they're, we're going to have a lot of different audiences hearing okay. this. Okay, some are going to hear it just because your name is on it. So, right. Hey, I remember that guy, yep. and mm-hmm. I want to hear what he's doing. Uh, there's definitely can be Christians that listen to this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask them. Uh, say your brother's names again. 
My brother's name, uh, the, the singer's James, James Arriola. Bass player is George Arriola. George. Uh, the drummer, which is now the accordion player, is Julio Arriola. Julio. Yeah. And my I'm, brother Jimmy runs down. I'm going to ask everybody listening to this, would you pray for these guys? Like, I, I, I believe we're going to have hundreds of people praying for wow, these yes, guys. Wow, yes, yes. So, By all so, means, yeah, yeah. So if I can use this little bit of platform for anything, we're going to ask them to pray. Now, what would you say to, uh, we'll take one last thought. What would you say to Johnny Ariola, who's on the fence and just like, you know, you're a guy that was like you or follows you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man, I don't know about this whole Jesus stuff. I don't know if this is even real. I don't, I don't know. Right. I, I, my life, I feel like something's happening. I don't really know what, what would you say? To somebody like that, and especially their mus- musicians. Yeah, musicians. You know, musicians, sure, you're yeah. saying? They're musicians, you know, uh, it's like I reflect on my life and I say, why didn't I do this before? Mm. A long time ago. Why? Because if I knew then what I know now, but I know it's God's plan. Like you said, it's a chess game and and God made this move mm. at that point in time, right. which I, when I told you, uh, you know, but I, I would say some places where I, when I go and it, when it's, we're talking about this. I'll tell them, I challenge you to go to church for at least two, three months and just read the Bible and go to church because I know, but a Christian, uh, non-dominational church or Christian church, right? because I, I know a lot of people that go to Catholic church right. and I have nothing. God bless them. Right. Yeah. It's same God. Yes. But, you know, uh, I didn't understand the sit up, stand down, stand, uh, stand, stand up, sit down, right, yeah. kneel down. And now, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's more like an exercise. Right. But uh, everybody has different needs, right? Some people connect with God exactly. that way. Exactly. That was not me. Yeah. Sure. And, and me that either. wasn't you. Yeah. That wasn't me. And it took me, you know, me being a musician also, mm-hmm. I would tell musicians, listen to a Christian station, mm. listen to Christian music. Right. Maybe the music's what's going to minister heart. to you because yeah. maybe you're a person that if you see somebody that comes in, it's a pastor. You don't want somebody to preach to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're more of a, a, me being a musician, I know this pastor that I, now I go to him for advice. But mm-hmm. back in the day, I would see him at Walmart from Uvalde. I'm like, ew, this is a pastor. <laughs> People he, do that to he, me. Because he, <laughs> yeah, he wanted to talk to me, right? Yeah. And, I, and I understand now that, you know, I've learned that, you know, you offer if they want to talk about Jesus or they want whatever, you know, it's not drilling in on them or kind of pushing. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, hitting them with a Bible in the head, you know, it's not kind of that kind of thing. And I would tell them, you know, it's like you, uh, if you're a musician, music, you know, and then sometimes I've, I've heard people telling me, man, I, I walked in church, like you told me, and I listened to the, and they were saying exactly what I was going through. Hmm. I say, you know what? That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. And I tell, and I tell them also, I go on and tell them, the amazing thing is that I bet you sometimes the pastor is talking about something else. Right. Oh, yeah. But it's hitting you the way that it's going in your heart because God wants it to go into your right. heart. That's why God doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, whenever you're at a place or whatever, it's not a coincidence that you're there. That the word coincidence doesn't exist for God. Yes. Right. I He's agree. I you're don't there. It's, it's a divine appointment, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, it's a divine appointment that we're here talking. I agree. You know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not something that, uh, oh, okay, you made me come over here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there's prayer, you know, within it. And, yeah. and, uh, and like me, when I go anywhere, I pray on it and I'm mm-hmm. like, God, if you feel that, give me peace. Yeah. You know, guide me, it guide me, you know, cause you know, He's going to guide your steps, you mm-hmm. know? When I bring him to salvation, I tell him, let him be the guide of your steps too. Walk mm-hmm. by faith. 
Yes. Not by, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next month. I, my light bill and whatever. Have you ever prayed to God? You know, mm, you're asking you'll make that. an amazing turnaround. You know, you don't understand. I mean, see, that's why I say to my brothers, they don't, they will never understand until they really ready. Because sometimes it's like, you need to be ready. In yeah. other words, it's kind of like me. I wasn't ready when I was kind of like trying to hide from that pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but now I look for him because I want to tell him what happened at the last service that we, there was a miracle that happened. Cool, yeah. Me and my wife, my wife prayed over to this person that, that couldn't see and he, he, he could see now mm. or this other person. Last week we had a, 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 a friend of ours uh, that kind of visits us when we go to Dallas. And uh, he said that he at work, he was painting and he's, he kind of knelt down to paint. And when he got up, he heard a pop. So mm. we went to the doctor, did an x-rays on him and he had broken his fibula, fibula. I don't know what Holy you call that. Smokes. Uh-huh. Just like that. Mm-hmm. And he, he came over and I told him, Hey, well, Sit down. That was before the service. He was telling me everything, right? Yeah, I broke it and whatever. And then they don't know I'm going to have to have surgery and whatever. And he had this big brace on and he was kind of like walking with mm-hmm. whatever, right? With a, uh, what do you call them? Those, those, uh, crutches. Crutches. Or, yeah. And I said, no, we'll sit down in a little bit. We'll, we'll see what God says. We'll pray, mm-hmm. pray you up. Yeah, 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 brother. Yeah, brother. And he's one of those acquaintances. He's not like a, mm-hmm. you know, so he sat down or whatever, right after the service. Said, yeah, the service was already ending in Dallas. And I told my wife, Brother Chris needs prayer over his leg. And I didn't tell him anything about what was going on because I had had this conversation with him. Mm. And I just told my wife, he needs prayer. And he knew who he was. So Brother Chris come up and he was like, he could hardly, hardly walk and walk in the front or whatever. And he sat down. We were on the pulpit and there was the, where the, the other elevation where the uh, drums are at. He mm-hmm. sat down there. And he told he she asked him, "You believe Jesus can heal you?" He said, "Well, no doubt, mm. no doubt." He said, "Okay, we believe. Okay, let's pray." And he started praying and whatever. Kid you not, like five five minutes later, she she said, "God's telling me to walk. Get up, get up, and start walking." He started walking like if nothing, mm. and he did this number with a leg and everything. I was like, mm. "Wow!" I mean, like you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you. That's what gives me. That gives me confirmation to know yes. that you're on the right road. What we're yeah. doing is what we're supposed to be doing yes. because it all started with El Palomino Mayor, me doing uh, the ministry. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it was going to be husband and wife together. You know, we mm-hmm. do stuff together, and now I know that it's it's the the. My wife says you're the hook. Mm-hmm. We bring them in, and then it's their divine appointment, and when we're there, whatever word we deliver, or if it, there's healing needed, there's uh, prayer needed for anything. God's going to manifest the mm. way he is going to do his thing. Cool. Today. So uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going no, over no, the that's time. That's good. But, that's all right. It's but, good. But I, Johnny, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed talking to you. We're looking forward. Thank you. Yeah. So I will post in the show notes. Uh, Johnny is going to be in our church tomorrow. So I'll post a link to the service mm-hmm. and uh, we'll do, we'll post the Spanish and the English. So if you want to, uh, in the Spanish, he'll be doing some more music and stuff. So, mm-hmm. It has been a pleasure, man. Sure, Thank same you. here, Angel. It's been a pleasure and a blessing, you know, to be here and yes. and talk to the audience. And hopefully, I whatever I said might have helped somebody, yes. right? I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. God bless everybody.
Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.